Will you pray with me? O rock of salvation, you have answered the prayers of the barren and granted strength to the weary. You exalt the poor and you lift up those in need. This morning we praise your holy name. We praise it from morning until night. Lord, we confess that we build walls that separate us. Walls that separate us from you. Walls that separate us from one another. Walls that separate us from the world. And even those interior walls that keep us from ourselves. We confess that we put stumbling blocks in the way of goodness and truth. And that we are led astray by promises of earthly treasure. We confess our fallibility and we seek solace in the mother of our joy. Teach us to pray and praise without pause, confessing hope ceaselessly. Guide us in our efforts to encourage one another, to work together for good in the world, and to prepare for the day of the Lord. Lord, we do give you thanks. For you have been good to us. We give thanks for every good gift comes from you, Lord. We pray that we would give thanks until the day of the Lord. But until that day comes, we will continue to pray for those around us and for our country and for our world. And Lord, as the results from the recent election continue to come in, we ask that, you, that we would seek to find healing, healing of the divide within our country. Lord, may our discourse surround the common good for all people. May we be less violent in the way that we converse with one another. Lord, we pray for those that are displaced by the wildfires. Lord, we pray for those who are anxiously awaiting notice of missing loved ones. And Lord, we pray for those who lost everything. May the response of their community serve as a reminder that all is not lost and that they have not been forgotten. Lord, we pray for those who said goodbye to their family members who were killed in the borderline shooting. Now overshadowed by the destruction of the fires, we pray that we do not forget what happened there. That we would work towards preventing another shooting of this type. We also silently lift the prayers that we have carried with us into this place on behalf of others and on behalf of ourselves. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For we are now bold to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. morning. The scripture reading today is Mark chapter 13 verses 1 through 8. As he came out of the temple, one of the, his disciples said to him, look teacher, what large stones and what large buildings? Then Jesus asked him, you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I hope this morning that we feel like we have at least a little bit of space to breathe, relax. <coughs> the fires that we were glued to our TVs watching of last week are... are um, in the past, for the most part, they're contained, and uh, we've got cooler weather coming, and soon those fires will be a memory. But for many, life is remarkably different than it was when they woke up on the morning of Thursday, November 8th. <coughs> Some people lost everything, their homes and virtually all of their possessions. Some suffered property damage will be displaced for a long time as they repair their property. And some people are grateful, grateful that their homes and their belongings survived the fire, but they're still displaced, displaced because they don't have any gas and they don't have any electricity. Life is different today. And sometimes things that we think will last forever well, sometimes we're reminded that they just won't. And every time we're reminded, it's a painful reminder. In this morning's scripture, we encounter Jesus and the disciples in the temple. 
The disciples are still walking around in Herod's temple, all pied-eyed at the size and the grandeur of the buildings. And as they leave the temple for the evening, one of the disciples turns and blurts out to Jesus, Teacher, look. Look at these large stones and look at these large buildings. And they were huge. The foundation stones were as big as 40 feet, 44 feet by 11 feet by 16 feet. That just to give you a big idea, that's a big stone. And it weighed as, they weighed as much as 567 tons. So they were big, they were heavy. The main section of the temple rose over 120 feet up into the air. And that might seem minuscule to what we see today, but back then it was significant. For most of the disciples, it was probably the largest man-made structure that they had ever seen in their lives. So they were impressed. They were very impressed. But then Jesus kind of plays the role of Debbie Downer and says to him, you see these large buildings? Not one stone is going to be left on top of another. It will all be thrown down. Wah, wah. Thank you, Jesus. But let's pause here for a moment. Okay? Pause for a moment of honesty. We're almost always impressed by grandeur. We are almost always awestruck by largesse. In a world where everything is getting smaller, let's be honest, we're still drawn to the big thing. Big ships, big buildings, big trucks, the highest of towers. We're impressed by the vision, the design, and the engineering issues that need to be overcome in order to construct these modern marvels. People take vacations to Dubai just to see these large buildings. See, the idolatry of grandeur always lurks for us human beings. And Jesus spies it in the disciples' eyes, and he hears it in the kept breath of the disciples' whispers as they stroll through the temple. This is why he says this to, to them. And it's why he says it to us. You see, we build monuments all the time. We expect that our monuments are going to last into the future and tell our story and the story of our predecessors for generations to come. We put plaques on everything so that people will know what we gave. And yet in a generation or two, no one knows the names or the stories or what kind of person they were. There comes a time when monuments get pulled down where they decay and they fall down. Nothing lasts forever. Don't be drawn in by grandeur. And so Jesus and the disciples leave the temple and they cross the Kidron Valley and they start to head up the Mount of Olives and they pause maybe just for a moment to get one last look at the temple before they go to Bethany or maybe they're tired. It's a pretty steep little walkway. And when they're stopped, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, they pull Jesus aside and ask him in private, 
Jesus, when is this going to happen? And it's the Gospel of Mark, so as we have discovered, when Jesus gets asked the question, does he answer? No, not really. Instead, he gives them a warning. Keep the faith. Don't be led astray. Many will come and say that they are me. When you hear of wars, rumors of war, earthquakes and famine, do not be afraid. These things have to happen. These are the beginning of the birth pang. Wait, what? The beginnings of the birth pangs? What's being birthed? Why do these things have to happen? Couldn't you just give us a date, Jesus? And it's all confusing. And yet his warnings prove to be timeless. Did you know that today is the 40th anniversary of the massacre in Jonestown? Do you remember or know what we refer to as the Jonestown massacre? More than 900 people followed Jim Jones down to the jungles of Guyana. He promised them a utopia. He claimed to be the reincarnation of Jesus, among others, and people followed him. They followed him to their death. So be careful, because this stuff still happens. But really, at the core, Jesus' instructions are about discipleship. Jesus is telling them, Look, even when everything seems to be following down, you need to keep the faith. And whatever social and political turmoil that you encounter in your age, don't confuse it for the end times. The disciples should have hope and faith because even though they face persecution, even though the temple may get pulled down, God is still creating a new reality from them. And here's what I mean by that. Mark wrote this gospel, it was about 65 AD. And he writes it during a time of great political unrest in Jerusalem. The people were grating against the Roman occupation. And Rome was becoming less and less patient with the nation of Israel. In 66 AD, the Jewish population of Jerusalem, led by Simon Bar Kokhba, rose up in armed revolt. And what title did they give Simon Bar Kokhba? Messiah. They took up arms, they rebelled against the Roman Empire, and in 70 AD, four years later, the Romans destroyed. Herod's temple. They burned what could be burned. They pulled down all the columns in the archways. They knocked down the walls. And they pushed all the rubble off the cliff down into the valley of Gehenna till only the foundation stones remain. See, what seemed huge what seemed massive, what seemed indestructible, it all came down. Nation against nation, war and rumors of roar, resulting in famine, 
all of this stuff happened. All of this stuff came to be. And it's left us with that question, what was being born? The church was being born. The church that we stand in is directly descended from the work of Jesus. Directly descended from those disciples who sought to be faithful to Jesus' calling sought to be faithful to Jesus' way. But we have to be careful because often what we ref- when we talk about church, when we talk about the church, we're often talking about our building. We forget that the church isn't a building. We forget that you are the church. I am the church. And no, I'm not going to sing that funny little hymn. If we didn't have a building, we would still be the church. Because the kingdom of God is within you. And the kingdom of God is expressed among the people of God. And over the last few weeks, we've been talking about signs of discipleship. And today's sign is a simple one. Disciples are ready for the big one. You know what I mean. Here in California, when we talk about the big one, you know what we talk about, right? We live in fear of the big one. We live in fear of the massive earthquake that's going to knock everything down and disrupt all the infrastructure. Experts say that if you want to be ready for the big one, you need to be ready to be self-sufficient for seven to ten days. And... Really, Jesus isn't talking about us being ready for a big earthquake. He's asking, are you ready for everything that you take for granted to be thrown down? Are you prepared for those moments when your security is stripped away? Will your faith carry you when your ground shakes, when the sea rushes in, when the winds blow and the fires burn? Will your faith carry you when everything is stripped away, will you still be the people of God if your buildings fall down? See, I believe that in this passage, Jesus is asking us to put our faith in something bigger and more permanent than our stuff. To put our faith and our trust into something that is going to be far more builder, more, far more permanent than something that we build. And I believe Jesus was speaking about a reality, a reality that is not connected to our building or our possessions or our comfort. He's talking about a reality where life is lived in the way that God intended us to live. A reality where the rule of God supersedes the rule of humanity. A reality where we do thy will on earth as it is in heaven. We just prayed that a moment ago. Because you see, we are still in the birth pangs. We are still working and waiting for the fulfillment of God's reign in this world. This is who we are as a people. That's why we 
make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or we take food over to the, the interfaith food pantry. Why we're gathering with our brothers and sisters from other churches and other faiths to give thanks. It's why we make kits for kids that are in the hospital. Why we give to UMCOR. Why we gather for worship and teach from the Bible. Because this is what we're about. Trying to create a reality that isn't about these things, but rather is about people, about you, and about me, and about those around us, about those in need, about sharing when we have more than enough with those who don't have enough. About being there to lift up those that need lifting and encouraging. To grieve with those who are grieving. This is what we are about. And it's our faith and our trust that God is present and that there is an abundance that allows us to be together to do this work. You know, we've been not making a big deal out of it, but we are in the middle of our, uh, our pledge campaign where we ask for the estimates of giving so that we can create a faithful budget for the upcoming year. Um, there are little cards in the pockets. If you're a member of the church, you got a letter with that in. You can just, you didn't drop it in the offering plate when it came by, you can hand it to me at the door, or you can get it into the office uh, throughout the week. Um, we pool together our resources. Yeah, we do it to keep the building from falling down because we actually don't want the building to fall down. But more than that, we do it to try and make this reality that God is in the world and at work. That God hasn't forgotten those who feel forgotten. That God comes alongside those that are sick, those that are in need, and that God blesses us to be able to share what we have been given. And yes, what we have earned. Because this is the kingdom of God. You and me the people around us. It's within us. Let's bring it out and make it a reality. Let's be ready for the big one. Amen. This morning, I have a major technical problem, but this not going to be stop me to sing and to, sh to serve with God. I'm going to sing the song. It's called uh, the old hymn. It's called Just a Closer Walk With Thee. If you guys know the song, you can sing with me. Let's try
I wish when I wasn't prepared or something went wrong, I was that good with bouncing back. God is good. Whoa. You're blessed. That was awesome. That was the jazziest. I loved it. Okay, announcements. Um, today, let's see. We have Coffee Fellowship right after worship, right out these doors to my right, your left, in the lounge, or you can go straight out front. Pastor Steve will be there to greet you on your way out, and hopefully you can come join us for a time of sharing our lives together. I'd like to direct uh, your attention to the back of the bulletin. If you're new, you have information so you can reach out to us, um, email, telephone number, Facebook page. We're on Instagram and all of the social media at NoHo FUMC. The big thing today is Roger would like you to know he will be sitting in front of the lounge waiting for you to sign up to be tree lot elves. And it's that time. And in fact, at the end of the week on Saturday, at 9 a.m., they'll be setting up the tree lot. So we could use lots of hands. Many hands make light work. Please sign up today. We have lots of shifts and lots of jobs for everybody to take part. And the biggest thing this week on Wednesday is the interfaith worship service, which North Hollywood First United Methodist is hosting for the first time in a decade. It's about 15 different congregations of all faiths coming together here in our sanctuary. We could use a lot of you to come and help out if you can to greet, to help with the uh, refreshments that are taking place afterwards, but really just to make a show of supporting our church because we'll be here with so many other churches. And if you are in town, we would love to see you here at 7.30. They are collecting all sorts of non-perishable goods, but I think they're in mostly need of dry cereal right now. Or is it, no, canned soups. Is that correct, Lynn? It's actually soups that don't have milk in it. So not condensed. Um, they really are in need of that right now. And if you can bring that with you, we can enjoy some fellowship together with all sorts of people from the community. It's gonna be a beautiful time. And I think that is the biggest of our announcements. That is it, and with that, let's continue this morning's worship service. If you can stand, if you're able, we will open our red hymnals to number 529, How Firm a Foundation. Excellent. 
May we go forth strong in the knowledge and the presence of God to hold firm regardless of what the world brings. Go and be God's people. Go and be the church. Amen.